I think having the camaraderie of other intern mates was really important for me because they were going through the exact same thing that I was going through at the exact same time. Welcome to the Sawyer Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo. Welcome back to So You're a Vet. Now what? I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. Working in the high-octane world of veterinary medicine, it can be easy to look around and assume everyone has their work together while you feel like you're just floundering. Maybe you've even asked yourself whether you are qualified to be here. In this episode, I am talking with board-certified ophthalmologist Dr. Crystal Bowles. Crystal found herself asking this exact question on multiple occasions as she went through her internships and residencies to become board-certified. Listen along as she shares her struggles with imposter syndrome and the importance of having a strong community and mentorship as a young veterinarian. This is an episode you do not want to miss, so let's dive right in. All right, you guys, welcome to another episode of So You're a Vet, Now What? I am beyond excited to welcome Dr. Crystal Bowles to the microphone. So Crystal, welcome. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. I am really looking forward to today's episode because I know the question that we have is something that a lot of first-year veterinarians are asking themselves on the daily, which is, and especially if they're in an internship, I feel like this is a question they ask, but asking that question of, am I qualified to do this? And on retrospect of that, thinking about, okay, do I still want to do this? And I know that's a question that you had when you were going through your first couple years through internships and then residency, and now you're a board-certified ophthalmologist, which is freaking awesome. But talk us through your story a bit of the question that you had or the, about this question, like, am I qualified? Like, where did that question appear for you in your first couple years of practice? Yeah, I mean, I think the question started, in all honesty, right around fourth year of vet school, because... You know, first year of vet school, everyone's in it together, their anatomy, you know, they're all kind of your small niche group of people, you're all in it together. And then as they reach fourth year, that's when everybody starts kind of branching out to where they're going to go. You know, some people are already getting jobs offers at the beginning of their fourth year. Some are deciding whether they want to do internships. Some are deciding, okay, what path do I want to do? Large animal, small animal. Do I want to do GP, ER, those types of things. And that was when probably the first question started was, oh gosh, like, can I do this? It seems like everybody else has their stuff together and I'm still trying to just figure it out. So, you know, I still ask myself those types of questions all the time. You know, am I qualified to do this? Like, why me? There's so many veterinarians out there, so many people who want to become veterinarians. Why do I feel like I can do it? And I think that probably taps into a lot of personal endeavors, personal anxieties, personal things that can basically hold a lot of people back. With qualification, you know, I think the statement I hated the most all throughout vet school, and even in all honesty, during internship was, 
you got this, you got this, trust the system. Like they always said, trust the system. And it was just something <laughs> I wanted to just punch somebody. Cause I'm like, what do you mean trust the system? How am I supposed to know? And I think to some degree, yes, because they know what they're doing. That kind of the whole curriculum's built out for you that, that they've already done all the hard work for it. You just kind of have to follow the plan. But I think, you know, more than you think you do. And I think during fourth year of vet school was when I was really struggling of, well, everyone seems like they know what they're doing and I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to do an internship because I felt like I didn't have a plan. I didn't know if I was qualified. I think, you know, I needed more training. I needed the training wheels on still. I couldn't have them off. It was like my security blanket. And throughout the internship, you still ask yourself those questions. Am I qualified to do this? I mean, depending on the internship program that you go through, I mean, it's a really rigorous year. Some programs are much more tough than others. Some programs, you know, really do provide that mentorship, which is the biggest thing that I looked for was, do I have the mentorship that can help me feel more confident and feel more comfortable in terms of, can I do this? You know, am I qualified to do this? I think having the camaraderie of other intern mates was really important for me because they were going through the exact same thing that I was going through at the exact same time. So do I feel, do I have that support system that, okay, I'm not the only one that feels this way where I have that self-doubt. And I think that's something that we probably all still struggle with, but it gets better. And well, I hope it gets better and better over time. It's partially (laughs) getting better and better over time, but Knowing that when you think about when you graduate from vet school, or even when you apply to vet school, and you got into vet school, you are one out of 1000s of applicants that have applied. And there's something about you that the school felt, okay, yes, you are, you can do this, you're qualified to do this. And I think just thinking back, and just always thinking back on my roots at the very, very beginning of my veterinary career, somebody saw something in me and that kind of what allows me to keep this thing going because I do have that self-doubt quite a bit. And I know you just mentioned someone saw something in you, but when did you start to see something in yourself? Ooh, it's a good question. In all honesty, probably not until I got my residency. It took me a while to get there. Because I almost needed somewhat of that external validation to continue to feed into whether, okay, do I see it in myself? And it was, you know, getting my ophthalmology residency, only about maybe 20 people get it a year. So, you know, you're talking about hundreds of applicants who want to go through a residency program and only a handful get picked. And that was where I was like, okay, I think I can do this. You know, I think this is something that I do want to do because I felt very special that I was picked. And I think that's probably where it started. It definitely took some time for me to get there. So it was kind of like for a while, you really had other people that were lifting you up. Yeah. And then finally, you got to a point where you're like, oh, like I actually can kind of stand on my own two feet here. And yeah. of course, it's not something where you're like suddenly like, oh, I don't need anybody else to tell me I'm good yeah. um, or I don't need anyone else to support me. But it is really true that like in veterinary medicine, like, we were talking about before we we recorded, it is really hard to, I guess, really feel qualified. Like that imposter syndrome is always there, no matter how many years you are in practice. You can talk to your mentors who are 30, 40 years out, and they still talk about days where they just don't feel like they fully understand everything or they know enough. And in a way that helps validate our imposter syndrome that we're feeling. 
So, I mean, it's really cool. And, and again, like even for me, I'm, I'm four years out in general practice and it's still really encouraging to hear someone like yourself who's gone through rigorous programs with internships and residency. You became board certified. And for you to still say, I still feel this imposter syndrome on a daily basis. Like it's still there. Mm-hmm. It makes me honestly be like, Oh, oh, okay. If someone else at that level still feels it then I'm definitely not the like I'm not the only one. And I think that's what's really important. And you touched on it without actually using the words, but peer to peer mentorship mm-hmm. of having those intern mates, having someone else in the same uh, stage of life as you can be so beneficial when you are asking yourself, like, am I qualified to do this? Because when you are kind of sitting in the bubble or in the soundproof room of your own mind, like we know it can be really easy to talk ourselves down. But to have other people that are in a similar stage say, no, I'm experiencing that too, and kind of getting into that space with us, it really helps to encourage us to inspire us and challenge us in really awesome ways. And I feel that then helps us answer that question of, do I still want to do this? Mm -hmm. Because again, when you're sitting in that isolation of yourself, it's easy to say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wanted to, I was like, I'm leaving. I started my internship. I'm like two months in. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm going to leave. But then I was like, nope, I'm not a quitter. I'm going to finish it. You know, even through my, then through my specialty internship, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to leave. I, I can't do this. Like, this is just too much. I don't know if I can even, I'm afraid of disappointing people. I'm afraid of disappointing other people along the way. And I think the biggest thing that actually held me back regarding whether do I want to do this, it's that fear of failure. So I can't fail at something if I never did it. So, okay, well, if I don't do the ophthalmology residency, then I didn't, you know, then I didn't fail at it and I'm fine. So do I still want to do it? Do I still want to do it? Do I still want to do it? You know, do I still want to put myself through that anxiety and that very like self-deprecating like every single day? I mean, during my residency, literally my first six months of my residency, I texted my resident mate and I said, I'm quitting. I can't do this. This is just too much. I don't know. And I'm thinking three years down the line, I have to sit down and take this boards test. And I'm already as a first year resident being like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And that self-doubt. But to have my resident mate, and my residency program was different in the sense that we weren't all in the same location. So my resident mate was actually down in Reno, and I was in Chicago. And I was the only resident in my program in Chicago. So I was the only one that was there with my, you know, one on one mentors and those types of things. But it wasn't like it was, okay, I can run down the hall to my resident mate in the lounge and be like, Oh, my gosh, I'm so stressed out. Do you feel the same Mm way? It was me texting my resident mate, you know, oh my gosh, do you feel the same way? Calling each other every single day. We were in two separate programs in, well, same program, but two separate locations yeah. in different parts of the country. Are you feeling it the same way that I'm feeling it? And that is so isolating. Yes. Oh and that was something that really, really helped me in a weird way was, you know, misery loves company. So when you're having that kind of self doubt, <laughs> it was kind of nice to be like, okay, you feel it too. Okay, good. Okay, okay. Then I okay, we're I'm in a good place. We're okay. I don't, we're okay. Yeah, right? I don't, I'm being too dramatic. <laughs> and that was the big thing was just always mm-hmm. putting into perspective, and then having that peer to peer mentorship where they just where we lift each other up. It's like you know, we always said to each other. On the flip side, if you were calling me with what you're saying to me, how would you have said it? to me. Like roles reverse, how would you respond in this situation? And it's 
always, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And if you don't want to do it, I'm here for you if you don't want to do it type of deal. And then the question was, well, why do I not want to do it? Is it just because I'm scared or is it because I really don't want to do this anymore? And it really boiled down to the fact that honestly, it was just, I was scared. I was scared that I wasn't going to be good enough. I was scared that I wasn't going to get there. I was scared I wouldn't pass boards. I didn't want to go through it all over again. I mean, typically, I think the pass rate is can anywhere between, you know, 40 to 80% pass rate, it kind of alternates every year. So it was, you know, do I want to do all of this and then fail, which is a relative term because failure is very subjective on how you define your failure. Mine was failure on a piece of paper, which in hindsight is a very stupid way to think about failure because there's other things in life that are much more important than a piece of paper that says, yep, you're certified. But yeah, having that peer-to-peer mentorship along the way to basically help each other out is critical. And especially in internship year, I think that's pretty critical. Are you a new or recent veterinary graduate? If so, listen up, my course, So Your Vet, Now What? has been put together specifically for you. We focus on the non-clinical skills, don't tune out. This is not as dull as it sounds, I promise you. In fact, almost every career problem that people face are due to not having well-developed non-clinical skills. The skills that I'm talking about are things like client communication, so you have great relationships with clients, emotional intelligence, so you've got great relationships with your teammates, effective negotiation skills, so you can get paid what you are worth, management of imposter syndrome, and how to build formidable resilience. They're not just skills, they are prerequisites vital for success in financial and emotional well-being. This course serves as an essential stepping stone to your success. So let's take the leap together. I will be your mentor as we go through 12 modules helping you transition from being a student to being a fully rounded professional. Head to www.drdamenickel.com forward slash S-Y-A-V class to learn more. Now back to the show. I feel like that that's the, the circulating theme that I keep hearing from people who have gone through internship years. Cause like a lot of people, they finish internship year and they're like, I actually don't want to be a vet anymore mm-hmm. because of how rigorous it is, because of how poorly they're talked to by their peer, well, partly their peers, but also like the people that are above them. Right. The environment they're in, those exactly. types of things can be very yeah. depressing. That's for sure. Yes, for sure. And, in a way, hopefully it's interesting for you as well, like listening back and hearing your story, kind of going through internship year to residency, those themes that are arising. Honestly, like if you had a mentee that was sitting down in front of you being like, Crystal, I don't think I'm qualified to do this. I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. And in a way, kind of like if those roles were reversed, like what would be your like four minute mentorship, you got this um, kind of uh, talk that you would give them based on your experience? I think the big thing, the first question I would ask is, well, if you don't do this, what do you want to do? What do you imagine that you would want to do? Because just because you go through an internship program, I mean, I know some people that went through vet school and are no longer vets, you know, and for whatever their personal reasons are, but do you want to do this? Do you see yourself continuing to want to do this? And if you don't do it, then what is it that you want to do? And going back to that as like a fundamental thought of, okay, ignore all of the things like the stresses of how to get there, ignore all the things about the anxiety of how to get there, 
at the end of the day, what is it that you see yourself wanting to do? And it always, for me, it always boiled down to doing ophthalmology. Because during my internship year, I knew as I was going through my internship year, I was like, I don't, I know I'm not cut out to be an ER doctor. I can keep it together for long enough, but the longevity of an ER doctor is the toughest job in the world. And so I knew I wasn't going to do that. And then I also knew that I probably wasn't going to do GP because I wanted to be specialized in something. I wanted to say I'm good at something. I know something forward, backwards, upside down to the best of my ability. I want that more kind of expertise, fine-tuned training. And that was what kept me going. So, you know, to from a mentor to a mentee, it's ignore everything else that comes with it. What is the end goal? Because everything else is going to fall into place. And along that pathway, yes, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You're going to question yourself. Can you do it? Can you not do it? Even out on my own as a board and ophthalmologist, I'm questioning myself. Can I do it? Can I not do it? But guess what? I'm reaching out to my mentor that trained me when I was a kennel assistant. I'm reaching out to my mentor that trained me as an ophthalmologist. We're texting each other almost every single day. I'm reaching out to my resident mate, who's a board and ophthalmologist as well out in New York now. I mean, every single day I have that support system to still be like, okay, let's bring you back down to earth. I'm being too dramatic about things. At the end of the day, you can do it. It's just a matter of, are you willing to allow yourself to have those doubts along the way? Because those doubts are what can really hold people back. But the support system, having that support system, I think is extremely critical in no matter what you do, it doesn't even have to be veterinary medicine, just no matter what you do, having that support system can help. I remember during my internship year, I had a meltdown. It was probably halfway through my internship year. I had a meltdown. I was like, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know if I want to do it. I feel like I'm going through the motions, but I'm not retaining anything. I feel like I'm going back to basics. Like what is anatomy? Like everything. I just started spiraling. And the person that helped me was actually my intern director. She, I sat down with her. I went to her office and I started crying. I just said, I don't know what to do. This isn't bringing me joy. This is not what I thought I was going to feel. And it wasn't necessarily a, like a ding at the internship program at all. It was everything else that comes with it. It's the high speed volume. It's the clients. And we all know it's the clients. It's like 90% of the job, unfortunately, (laughs) is the client, which we all know can be extremely, can actually be the toughest part of the job, not necessarily the medicine part of it. (laughs) But I'm sitting there being like, do I be a radiologist so I don't have to talk to people? Do I be a pathologist so I just look at things that are already dead? Like, I don't know what to do. And she, as an intern director, she was also a boarded Sorry, I don't know if she was a boarded criticalist. She was a trained criticalist, at least. Okay. ER was like her jam and also toxicology and like blood bank stuff. All of that stuff was kind of her jam. And she goes, okay, let's just walk through the hospital. I'm like, okay, why? She's like, we're just going to walk through the departments. We're just going to walk through. Tell me, where do you feel like you're not stressful anymore? Like, where does that ease resolve? And she said, for her, it's when she walks into the ER room. She's like, yep, nope, this is where I feel at home, even though everybody's running with their head cut off. And I'm like, I turned to her and I said, really? I said, you think that this is where you feel at home? She's like, yeah, (laughs) this is where I feel at home. And then that's kind of how she moved on into her career. So we walked through all the departments, we walked through there, and then it was always ophthalmology that I came back to that I was like, this is where I feel home. Like it's stressful, but I feel like I want to be here. 
you know, I want to be in this environment. I want to learn about this kind of stuff. And she helped me then move on to get my internships and meet my, you know, ophthalmology internship mentor who's been completely paramount in my entire career and as a life mentor as well. Because like, I, you know, as we talked about pre-recording, I did not go through the match for my specialty internship. I didn't even know I wanted to do a specialty internship. So I was way late in the game when I decided that I wanted to do that and thought I had lost my window, which then opened up another panic attack of, oh gosh, I've lost my window. She helped me find that that space where, okay, well, where do you feel the most comfortable? Do you feel comfortable when you're talking to clients? Do you feel comfortable when you are in the ER? Do you feel comfortable when you're doing oncology or whatever? Or do you feel comfortable being in general practice and watching, you know, following the family of the kitten that then follows them up until they're 12 years old? I mean, where is it that you feel the most comfortable and really hold on to that emotion? And that was what kept me going through all of this. Honestly, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking in my own head, I'm like, where do I feel most comfortable? Like I'm actually starting to ask myself that question just because I love what I do. I absolutely love it. But I'm like, what do I want to do in the next, like for the next 10, 15, 20 years and kind of answering that question. So I'm really glad you told that story here at the end because I feel like that's going to be very important for a lot of these first year veterinarians or even fourth year vet students who are listening to this. Mm -hmm. Um, Because just like you said, like this is something, your story of where this question came up started when you were a fourth year vet student. Yeah. So I honestly, there's so many good points. I wish I could just like pull them all out from this episode, (laughs) but I'm going to leave that to the team to do. They have some fun work to do at the end of this. But I do want to say thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story, sharing the inspiration that you've kind of drawn from that experience so that this new generation of veterinarians can understand that they're not alone when they ask themselves those questions of, am I qualified to do this? And do I even want to do this? Like they're not alone in that. And it's not bad to have those questions or have those doubts. They can help spur on specialty internships and residencies Yeah, for all you know. So I think it's also important to know that it's okay that if you don't want to do it, like, I mean, it's okay to have gone through four years of vet school, get your DVM degree and decide you don't want to do it. Yeah. My fiance is a DVM and he doesn't want to do it. And he's, you know, happy doing his music. I mean, he still practices, but that's not where that joy came to him. So it's okay to not want to do it after you ask yourself that question. I don't want like a poor fourth year vet student to listen to this and all of a sudden be like, oh my gosh, I just realized I do not want to do this. What do I do? And <laughs> and it's okay. I mean, it's okay to go through yeah. the whole thing and realize that that's not what you want to do. I mean, life is way too short to be sitting in misery That is something that is really important for people to kind of hear from this episode is no matter which direction you do end up deciding on, it's okay. But like the one thing I would add is like the importance of that mentorship, the importance of that community, because just like I said earlier, like hearing and talking to yourself in isolation is very different than talking to one of your peers or talking to one of your mentors about it. So definitely talk to your community to get support and just maybe break down those questions a bit more. But I honestly, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was great to hear your story. It was great to meet you. Yes, it was great meeting you. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, until next time, guys, we'll see ya. Bye. So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. 
And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, Sorry Vet Now What, or non-clinical skills training class of the same name. Until next time, take care. Thank you.